one thing I can't live without. That's you. Thanks again for listening to Cinephiles. Uh, let us know what you think is going to be in the Iron Man 3 movie in the comments below. Make sure you like the video. And we do a podcast, as you can see on my jersey, ymmpodcast.com. Uh, lots of Cinephile stuff. You hear us chat more about the summer movies. And you just hear us talk about a lot of fun shit. So check it out. We've also got the uh, Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash ymmpodcast, twitter.com slash ymmpodcast, and you can get in touch with us at show at ymmpodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe. I'm going to do this thing Are we again. doing this thing? Follow the Iron Man head. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the Iron Man head. Subscribe <laughs> to the head. <laughs> See it all at youtube.com slash ymmpodcast. Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. This is good. This is very good. Oh, honey, you're going to have to put some cream on that heel. <laughs> That's not my heel. On, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the YMM podcast. I'm Totsky. I'm back. I'm back. Yay! I'm back. <laughs> Tito's finally here for one because I've been uh, in the editing cave. Yes, editing yeah. some surprises. So many animals. You haven't been here since you were naked. Yeah, exactly. Last time. I, ha- I, was, I had to go hide because I was so ashamed. That's a famous voice because everyone hears that voice. They kind of know what time of year it is. <laughs> it's piano theater performance. Donate! It's time! <laughs> Welcoming at the dining room table today we got... Macaulay. Welcome, sir. How you doing? Long time... Uh, Long time coming. Long time coming. Yeah. I was going to say long time listener. I'm like, but you don't listen to our show, do you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who else do we got? I'm Misha, and I'm the director of uh, Bedtime Stories, and this is my first time actually at your dining room table. I'm like my palms are all kind of sweaty. I'm feeling very virginal. <laughs> you're going to sacrifice me to some volcano, and I'll be ripped apart with goat skins everywhere. It's a sturdy table, Misha. I wish, <laughs> I wish oh, we had I've been on a good table. We're all in bed. We're all in a very comfortable bed. Right. Aren't you comfortable? I'm so comfortable. And that is the voice of... <laughs> Steph Link, stage manager. Yes, Yay. finally. We, you've been talked about many times on this podcast. I'm, and we, I'm very flattered. <laughs> yes, all good things. And Where all the magic happens. She's pulling all the strings. Yeah. <laughs> I just made like hand gestures, but no one can see them, so... <laughs> I was just going to go on and say, we, we do the sacrificial bit, and then all of a sudden realize, damn, it's only an audio show. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects. The well, this theater, theater, theater we the can mind. just make sex noises, because it's very much like we bedtime yeah, stories, yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, Be it I on the radio. do the recordings. Yes. I will. Yes, yeah. you should. <laughs> Tomorrow morning. 
we'll uh, we'll get Jane and, That's amazing. and Kim into the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. the the recordings were for what though? For wait, I have to introduce myself. Okay. Hi, I'm Misty from Keanu Theater. I'm so gonna put like this big rousing applause. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, it'll be like SNL alumni now. She's got like how many times have you been on the show? Uh, how many? Well, when you do 10, we'll get you a little crown. You started at Chicago, but you did two before then. I did. So, yeah, however many times that is. Chicago's three. Uh, Farnsworth. Farnsworth is four. Extremities is five. Calendar Girls is six. So this Hometown is seven. Hometown is seven. This is eight. Eight. Jeez. Two more. Eight is two more and you get a coupon. Do we got to get like a punch card? Like the yeah. Subway we, stamps? We should. <laughs> get free tickets to something. So that's right. It's uh, coming up to another theater, or another Cano Theater performance time. And this is the fourth one for this, uh, what do we call it again? This, this season. drama this season, season. Or the season. The Telus general, four right? play drama series. There we go. I was trying to find the sponsor name. Uh, so this is one that's going to kick off what's been an amazing season so far. And I've been hearing nothing but good things about this play. This is how we close the season with uh, yeah. a hilarious comedy about just real life, really. So take yeah. me through the plot. Well, how about, how about this? Before we go through the plot, how did the choice for bedtime stories come about? Uh, I think. Um, yeah, there wasn't a selection committee this year. I think there was. No, it was the, just mostly Claude, the artistic director. He. Um, it's like you need sex. It'll <laughs> sell. It's provocative. Let's see a musical. Some rape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Close very straight up place. funny sex. Yeah. Sex and laugh at. We've had sex people might be a little blue after the rape. So. Uh, this is definitely the season where we were testing that theory of does sex sell? Um, or, you know, uh, no, it's really just about, uh, it ties back to the tagline of great stories, real people. And we wanted to just work with the community and, and see who came out to audition and... And we wanted to provide shows um, with enough roles to sort of involve a, a vast array of, of people. And well, well, you guys took like a, a really ambitious take with um, Hometown the Musical. So, that, like in comparison to Hometown the Musical, how many roles? How many like major roles are in this play? And how demanding has it been for the actors? Well, um, yeah, we have. Uh, it, the, what we chose to do in this production is actually we've um, multiple cast in a, in a few parts. So, mm. for example, Ben is playing, I think, three roles. and um, But then we have other people that are just playing one role. So it can be anywhere from, like, you know, four or six actors up to probably 17 or 18. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, we decided to keep it very small because I think cause for, for something like this, I mean, after coming off something like Hometown the Musical, which was freaking ginormous, like it was just <laughs> yeah. huge, yeah. you know, gargantuan. In, in in its scope is that um, to have something that's a little bit more intimate and just a little bit more manageable and uh, to be able to work with something like that uh, that we just decided to keep the, the cast a little bit smaller. Now, when you say uh, cast members had to play multiple roles, did they have to play like roles that are interconnected or is it like completely like different characters from one from the other? There are, there are different characters, but uh, there's six scenes that happen within this uh, sort of nameless city, I guess, that mm-hmm. takes place in, uh, in Ontario somewhere. And um, there, there, it's the night of a Tommy Quick concert, which is this shock rocker. And nice. this Tommy Quick. I'll yeah, Tommy Quick. Uh, big hair, big cod piece. Um, nice. Yeah, big attitude. <laughs> sort of like Patti LaBelle, if, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> but that's a new attitude, actually. Shock rocker, Patti LaBelle, we're all familiar with. <laughs> it's the hair. It's all about the is, hair. Is, is the character in the, in the play? Uh, who? 
Uh, Tommy Quick? Quick? Yes, Tommy Quick is, yeah. Oh, who plays Tommy play. Quick? Um, Eric uh, Dunham, he's he's actually like a financial planner. Um, with amazing. Mortgages or something? Yeah, yeah something like that. With, with, with the, I won't say the bank, but with the, with, in the banking <laughs> industry here in... Uh, <laughs> In the Fort McMurray. Well, you worked with him in Dracula, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and it was interesting because when I was casting for this, I was like going, because often it's very hard, it's difficult to get men uh, involved in, in, in theater um, to come out. And uh, so I knew that Eric was very interested. So I just gave him a call and I said, would you be interested? And he was like over the moon with it and said, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. I'll That's amazing. That's awesome. Up. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, uh, so uh, uh, yeah. Uh, They're uh, all story. interconnected. They're all interconnected in some way because the couple's going in, they, they need to get some money. So there's a deep. DJ that wants to to put his his his, his uh, career back on track, which is actually, I, I guess, you, uh, Ben. Yeah. I, I won't speak too much about that. <laughs> but uh, he wants to put his career back on track and, and has a he pays a couple. So of he starts sex. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what he does? Bad choice. There's no money in that. Sex on the table. That's right. It's a band. Really. <laughs> so, so okay. So so it, what's what's the overview of the story? We're writing. The over, we're writing like, the story. We're, we're kind of getting bits and pieces, but like, what's what's the general plot of bedtime stories? It's it's hard to it's hard to kind of uh, because there's this, an official description on the there's back an official of the I'm gonna read the back of the script yeah. for a moment. <laughs> Allow me. Yeah, the mind, man, you could have played that so well. <laughs> In a series of scenes connected by time, place, and a most unusual radio broadcast, we follow interweaving characters in their comic struggle to find the meaning of love. Nice. It's yeah. It's kind of but I mean it's not like it's not so like cut and dry as um as you know like. A girl meets a guy and they do this. Like it's it's not as cut and dry as that. Um, it's 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 kind of like it's almost like little vignettes that mm-hmm. all yeah. kind of mm-hmm. interconnect with each other. So there's a quite a few different stories, if you will. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's that's so really exciting. Yeah, it's not like some love story about like a bolt or anything. Eh? It's, oh. a- it's kind of like um, it's like the movie Love Actually. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, actually where I wanted to go with on that. So yeah. so the idea is like they're all uh, linked thematically, then, right? Yeah, and and relationship they have like there are relationships that um, uh, characters have different relationships, but you never see them on stage together, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like uh, kind of like Glove Actually, where you find you know you find out that Hugh Grant's character sister is in the other plot line. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. That's cool. That's yeah, really. It's like a little onion, a little it, bedtime onion. A little like bedtime onion. onion. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, in terms of uh, the type of audience that this plays for, are we talking about a younger, older? Is there nudity? Is there not nudity? How do you deal with I'm it? I'm taking Kingston to it either way. Kingston I think it's rated four. PG-13, but it's... it's <laughs> so that guarantees half a nipple? Yeah. <laughs> well, some cleavage. But if he gets it, it's not my problem. You know what I mean? If he understands it, he's learned it from somewhere else. But um, No, but uh, it's rated PG-13, but I don't think that... Uh, I mean, it, it appeals to anyone. I mean, it is... I don't, I don't call it, like, sexually charged or anything like that. It's a little bit... I call it racy and saucy, and it's really mm. well written, and, and it's tongue in cheek, and it's kind of like nod, nod, wink, wink, and a, <laughs> and a, wink, a wink, great nudge, sexual nudge, nudge, innuendo. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there's a lot of sexual innuendo, and you know, as you know, sexual innuendo, you can either get it or you don't. So, right. I mean, a seven year old could get it or not get it, but I think it's there's it's comedic, but it's also incredibly poignant at times. Uh, there's just these beautiful moments of of just sort of because you're laughing, 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 and then you have the penny drops, and there's these beautiful moments of of poignancy that are really quite touching about about relationships and about our lives. Right? Like D- our does lives. The, the script well, lend itself to that, or like is that something that you really had to be very careful in choosing the cast to try to get like that performance out? Because if you're if you're going from like you're very lighthearted, tongue in cheek. And then shifting right to kind of like a serious tone. I mean, is that all in the performance or in the script itself? I th- well, I think I think it's 
It's, um, it's a marriage of all three, actually. Yeah. Um, the thing is with it, I mean, it's an incredibly talented cast, so the, the incredibly talented cast brings forth so much that sort of sparks my idea of, of creating sort of these moments. But, I mean, the writing also lends to it. I mean, it is, as I said, it's, it's, it's all three coming together. But, I mean, it's mm-hmm. the, it really does rely on the, on the brilliance of the cast. You know what I mean? I, I, no, that's I good. Think, yeah. Like, I, I would think that, like... Um like especially with like you said, so there's some there's some actors that are playing several roles. Like keeping track of all that must be a little bit challenging, hey? I think mean, I think because Ben, I think because we've 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 spoken about that about just how you differentiate different different characters. Like you're you're the same person, but you have to play three different roles. And I don't think it's necessarily about putting on a mustache or changing and making some kind of different voice. Kind of change your thought process. Yeah, th- thought your uh, change your thought process. Which I mean, th- I think Ben and I um, have spoken about that in 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 his work at creating different kind of characters but maybe he could speak a little bit more to that about his choices and stuff the way Norm Foster wrote this is actually brilliant because to speak about the interconnectivity between characters like you guys asked earlier there's some obvious uh, thematic things that you'll make the connection immediately and go oh oh but there's some things that you know quite frankly could be lost you'll have, you have to pay attention to really connect the dots and I think that's beautiful it's kind of it's kind of its own thing but the characters at least i find the ones that i play i play eddie nick and charlie there are some big similarities there's even even down to a line or two is repeated because Mm -hmm. they find themselves in these similar situations which i think is a really unique unique thing and so playing characters it's not it's not haphazard it's not random it's i think really well crafted in both the writing and the directing and the casting and and it's, it's neat to see that well, when I'm playing the radio guy, yeah. I have this moment that's so similar to when I'm playing Nick the Thief later on. And so there's definite similarities. Now, with uh, other productions of the same play, was that uh, was it always by design that like you know you, you, certain cast members would play several roles? Or is this something that you guys have taken on and said, this is how we're going to do it and we're, we're blatantly going to choose these characters for these actors? Actually, uh, Norm Foster wrote the casting, the double okay. casting, the triple casting. Okay, right act, on. Uh, well, okay. He he wrote it to he be played by... He had a plan. So he wrote it to either be played by 15 actors or five actors or anywhere oh, in between. Wow. So this play can actually... This, this play can actually be done by five actors playing three roles each. So We're doing hats. it with seven. We're doing it with seven actors. Yeah. It works better, um, I think, in my, mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, it, just because of the ages of the characters, it works better. Um, but yeah, like so, uh, Ben's char- Ben's three characters are the suggested double casting that right. Norm Foster provided, and so that's why. That's why yeah. there's so many similar so there's, moments there's between. Yeah, there's a resonance yeah. between the, yeah. the roles. It's interesting because um, I recently saw uh, Cloud Atlas. I don't know if any of you guys have seen mm. it. It's, uh, <laughs> so like, this is dying. Uh, well, but the, but the, how did sorry? you see it? It's, uh, how did I see it? It's is it on video? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's this box called the television. Is this legal viewing? Uh, I do actually. Can I borrow it? Yeah, sure. Um, So, but uh, you want to get into that? (laughs) But like, essentially, um, uh, Cloud Atlas kind of does the same. You have a cast that plays several roles, but again, just like this play, there's a resonance between the roles, and there's themes that each of those characters bring up uh, consistently throughout. And it and it's some of them are so minor though. Like you need to focus. No, but 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 the thing is, but as small as it is, it could be a single line or or an action it comes back by the third act and yeah. like that's really cool that's really smart writing and and if anything it, it really 
it's really demanding for the cast, so I, my, I bow my hat to you, as as it were, because, holy crap, I can never well, do that. Well, I think I can speak to that one, because uh, Norman Foster's suggested casting is um, actress one would play Betsy, Sandy, and Yolanda. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing Sandy and Yolanda, mm-hmm. who are sisters, um, and who are in <laughs> scenes Neat. directly after one another. And, you know, they're two completely... Like strikingly different characters. Yeah, and plus you have to kind of like the the, but, the audience might you know what I mean. You have to differentiate. Betsy, the third character, who is the first character in the play, um, is a quite older woman. It's mm. it's a, it's an older woman in her fifties, and I'm thankful that Misha didn't cast me in Norm <laughs> Foster's true casting because we have. This wonderful castmate Jane, who is also a drama instructor at uh, Keanu, and she's she's an age appropriate actress. She's, you know, she's wonderfully talented, and she she fits that role, you know, better than having to make a, you know, a twenty something year old someone play that role, which could happen, and I'm sure it happens in theaters all across the country. But it's great that we have the gift to. Give people what they fit for. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's call it what it is, Misty. Norm Foster is saving a lot of regional theaters a lot of money. It is. <laughs> it's totally economics. It's down to. Uh, it. I guess if you go back to the, the ec- <laughs> if you go back to the economic factor, though, like it, one person. Uh, how is how is the place structured physically? Like, is there only one set? Are they oh, changing sets? Freaking set is amazing. I love it. It's you hit Shout the out to Ding, Beach. ding, ding. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It spins. I, really? It's a revolve. revolve. Like, how can you not love something that spins. revolves? Yes. That's really cool. <laughs> how can you not, hey? And sort of vibrates. I'm, I'm trying. I remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Uh, Hold on. Is it shiny? <laughs> what if you rub it? <laughs> no, it's I know, but I mean, it's pink. There's, well it's, but it's the magic of theater, right? Like, I mean, uh, something as simple as you remember seeing uh, when I was younger, uh, Beauty and the Beast, and what they did, it was the Disney one, and they open it on the <laughs> the uh, the you know the how it was like the stained glass at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. where they're telling the story. Mm-hmm. They literally open it like that, but as as the story is being told, the stained glass is coming apart, and it's revealing the set, which is the pictures that you just saw. Like kind of, kind of coming to life in a three dimensional. Oh, it was really cool, actually. But like again, like it, it, and and it's kind of like that's what breaks the illusion of like, oh, I'm just watching actors there. If you start seeing something spin, it's just like, oh crap! Like it's we're being submersed into this world, right? Well, that's what it's the set itself. Like you got the spin, the set for extremities was what on an angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah right, I, I yeah. saw it. Well, it was it was meant for like the the point of view, right? You yeah. watch it and you're you're seeing the whole room, yeah. but it's a trick of of angles, right? Yeah. They actually wanted to take out the first two rows. Of seats and actually extend, extend the stage in, but they're expensive. Who, so who for the rotating? Economics. So for the rotating set, like just I mean, actor. so it rotates from from what to what? Like what does it be? Well, the, uh, the the set is, uh, I would say, set. You know what I mean? Like there mm-hmm. is sort of um, stable right. parts, yeah, permanent right. fixtures, and then the bed rotates. So the bed will come uh, for different rooms that nice. are like you know, a hotel room. Uh, a 16-year-old room, uh, you know, a 16-year-old yeah. room that is sort of frozen in time. So it turns around, and then all the the dressing for the bed changes, mm-hmm. and oh, and sure. uh, the the stuff that's hanging over it, um, sort of to give a whole different theme. And then, of course, with lighting, I mean, it'll change sort of even the the, the feel of the room. But everything else is fixed. And then, and freaking audiences love that shit, hey? Oh, yeah, like you so know what I mean? Like to see it turn, and, and then it comes in, and then the lights come up, and it's like. 
The whole place has changed. Well, uh, honestly, what got me into theater was uh, seeing uh, Phantom of the Opera, the chandelier. Oh, oh, my God. Well, in the chandelier, but when it goes into the masquerade scene, too, like the one that I see where you go right into the grand ball. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, there's a lot. And so, so who, uh, for the set, like, uh, uh, like what went into the technical building of the set and, and who was involved? Well, so Stacy Beach is our is our set designer. Mm-hmm. So it's all starts with with her and Misha getting together and talking about you know what the play needs and reading the script and stuff like that. And then she designs it. And then her husband is our production manager, Nick, Nick Beach, yeah. and he is in charge of figuring out how to do it. So he takes her designs and figures out how we're going to do it, and then uh, tells her she's over budget. And then she's <laughs> who's the one that's over budget though? Your stage you manager with your post-it notes. Don't hold. She was. Not over budget. You were. The bed is made out of foam, guys. It's cardboard. It's cardboard. Every set. meeting, I get in trouble for being over budget, and it's not my fault. I needed that hole punch. It was a sixty dollars hole. Do you want punch, holes or don't you want holes? Come on. It's a swing line staple. Yeah. They're not cheap. Right? Anyways, so, that's hilarious. Yeah. So then Nick Nick takes the design and figures out how we're gonna do it. He does all the technical drawings and stuff, and he gives it to our amazing team of carpenters. Um, we have Sean Watson, Kaylin McLarty, and um, Scott Weber. Um, and they take care. They were doing the set building, and Renee Richard does all of our props building. So that all that Four all gets people. built. Wow. Yeah, that all gets built and and stuff like that. And um, and then yeah, like Nick Nick is just a, like he's a wizard at that kind of thing, like ma- making something come from the page to the stage, as yeah. we say. Um, and yeah, it, we had the revolve, like the revolving piece. It was in storage, and Stacy knew it was there. And so um, that, that was used on another production. Wasn't well, it? the yeah. last time it was used was when Misha was I, acting on. Yeah, stage. we did the Blue Light, the Lenny Riefenstahl uh, film, who was the f- documentary filmmaker for uh, Adolf Hitler, and I played Joseph Goebbels. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was it, the rev- the revolve is brilliant. I just love it. So that was the last time it was I put away. I just want to say. Uh, let's just make a point here. I that was the second show I've ever seen at Keanu, mm. um, and uh, that performance, that play, inspired me to volunteer for Keanu Theater. Oh. And so the next time that I worked, the first time I ever volunteered at Keanu Theater was when I did your makeup for Dracula. Yes, I do. Uh, I, I remember. Thought you were really like watching, like I want to be a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? Because I remember seeing, I so see the logo. It was four seasons ago. Yeah, I was when I first came here. It was nineteen ninety. No, ni- oh. at <coughs> wow. 2009. Wow. 2009. We should have did a lot of drinking. But like, the writer thought about the budget when it was writing the play. Mm-hmm. So were there any specs for the set that were provided? I mean, when- not in the... S- in, in scripts, in scripts, there's always, there's, you know, there's always like so-and-so enters from the bathroom. So right. obviously there needs to be a door from the bathroom. You know, it's like, so there's all that okay, kind of so, stuff so in here. So it's very so open-ended, like, but you kind of have like a thematic thing going on. Yeah, I mean, on. you have to have a, you have to have a bed. Like, yeah. th- there's, that's a no-brainer in this script. Every scene has to have a bed. Um, there three door. You know, Norm Foster, he's, he's kind of brilliant, actually, because he writes... He writes uh, for about real people for real people, mm-hmm. and and like like the economics of it are just amazing. Like you can do this with five actors, so regional theaters can do this only paying five actors, or um, community theaters. Or can we do don't it pay with, them at all. Well, ah. or community theater can do it with fifteen mm-hmm. actors to encourage yeah. more encourage more people to come yeah. and. 
it it's easier to sketch it's such an easy show to schedule i'm sorry like i just have to say it like that's part of that's a huge part of my life is ske- making schedules and yeah. This is the easiest show I've ever scheduled in my life. It's so simple. See, knock on wood. Now you just jinxed yourself for the next production. <laughs> no, well. Oh, that's the next production. No, that was the yeah. last one. Hometown. <laughs> 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 wow, that must have been such a challenge too, hey, for Hometown. Oh, just, hey. We're still mm, fighting it. We're still, uh, <laughs> still fighting the good battle. Still fighting the good fight, yeah. I think I almost had a panic attack in my office one day, but, you know, whatever. Whatever. Why not? <laughs> It, well, it looked magnificent because just going back to, like, I think I said it. I can't remember. I've said it on a podcast before, but that was Kingston's first first mm. performance, and he absolutely loved it. And I've people have always said like you're gonna get those moments where you look at your kid and it's gonna be like, oh wow, he really really attracted to something. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, whatever. That's only in the movies. When those first dancers came out. I literally saw it in his eyes where he's whatever he was thinking about in his little four year old yeah. mind stopped and he was yeah. focused directly well, on those dances. And wow. the thing is like you never know, right? Like you never know what's gonna like resonate with, with children. Yeah. But Hopefully the thing it's is like not Barney. But like Oof. but that's exactly it. Like some things like it, it, you, it, like uh, for example, my dad he used to really love going to horror movies in the eighties, and so he was like, my mom would be like, "Take care of the kids." So <laughs> he's like, he's too young to understand. So he'd take me to all these horror movies. <laughs> but it, it completely. That's the first with movie you saw. Was. E- Evil Dead Two was the first movie I saw. <laughs> Aliens Three for me that <laughs> was my stepdad. He, like, Women can be bald. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I cried all night and he's like it's not real it's pretend and I'm like it's real God, I was guys. way too sheltered as a kid really? I wasn't allowed to see horror movies until I was 13 or so I definitely do not watch horror movies and I'm 27 <laughs> years old <laughs> but I mean like but that, that's great like I mean you're, you're, now you're now Kingston's like that's resonated with him right so he's gonna be more inclined to the arts and all that I stuff I can't wait to take him to more right like yeah. I'm actually seriously in my head considering he could see bedtime stories. Like, I oh think, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, he yeah. would. I think he would like it. Like this one thing with hometown that he really could, like he was at one point towards this, uh, like after the intermission, he was going really. Like, where's the more dan- the dancers is what got him. Right. Like, where's the yeah. dancers? The dancers coming? There's one. There's dancer one dancer. This show. No, there's two. Kind of. There's a short. Oh, wow. uh, there's a truncated yeah. version of oh, your right. dance. Oh dear God, that's right. Nice. <laughs> Oh dear God! All right, son. Oh, this is this is going to be a good one to watch. So, is is there anything like I mean uh, for for the audience for the audience that's coming to go? It's coming to your show. Is there anything that like they should be ready for before the show, or is it just come with an open mind? They've seen a lot this year. Just, we just want you to come. <laughs> just and- show up. <laughs> Uh, sit, like, for this one, um, you know, Extremities was really hard, it was really hard, and it was really serious subject matter, and we took a huge risk, um, and Calendar Girls, we worked on, you know, the fight against cancer and, and leukemia, and we made a difference, and it was all about, um, real people, and, and that, that story of, um, how cancer can change your life and you just have to mm-hmm. live your life to the fullest and do the best you can and hometown was about for McMurray and like every single gosh darn thing that we've got going on here and you know um that was a huge show but i think with bedtime stories people can just come and sit down and relax and watch and be, be entertained thoroughly entertained and you know it's heartfelt it is so funny and it's relatable. It's real. It's a real story. It's six real stories, and somebody is going to relate to one of them, if not all of them. 
and yeah, and that thing I love about it too is that six vignettes. So if one vignette isn't freaking filling your boots, you just tune out. And then fifteen minutes one. later, there's a new one. You're going, oh, it's a new story. They've revolved. Let's go. Let's see what's happening. Oh, it's it's a new but, but you know, I mean, who doesn't love a freaking good comedy? You know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. go. It's yeah. not, and it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm not going to say it's well written. It's well crafted, but it isn't highbrow, sophisticated comedy. It's just general, average Joe. Canadian comedy because Norm Foster is Canadian. I mean, he's opening right now his 49th play or something like that wow. that he's written. Yeah. So just how prolific is this man and, and he's his the work? Most produced Canadian playwright. Yeah. yeah, and so, anyways, I mean, and it's just it. it you will see you, when you see these characters, you will see no matter who you are, whatever your your situation is in life, that you will see a reflection of of some kind of relationship or reflection of you within these characters and even the what, lines even the lines it's amazing how like I'll sit in rehearsal and an actor will say a line and I'll just be like oh like my life like my life will happen in my yeah. head like you and know I think that was partially one of the biggest success with hometowns because everyone yeah. adapted it to okay this it's is like what life really mm-hmm. so, like is so to an extent for bedtime stories when was it written and what era does it take place in well, I, I, you know what? I don't. I, to tell you the truth, I don't know when it was written. Two thousand six, I think it was. Yeah, it was um, first produced. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a new, it's a fairly relatively new, play, new. Yeah. But and Misha has said it far it, back. Well, f- far back. Far yes. Back. See, that's what I, remember when I said nineteen ninety. I was like, oh, I, but well, you yeah, said no, you're, we're talking about glam glam rock, right? So I, yeah. I immediately assume eighties. Yes, it yeah. is. Ding ding ding. ding, ding. Oh, I yeah. love the eighties. Glam rock is still around. Acid wash jeans and the tongue hanging out of your sneakers. You know what I mean? And, and tons mm-hmm. of hair. That's awesome. That is so awesome. much wigs. So yeah, there's some a lot of wigs. Some high tops. Some Converse. <laughs> yes. Nice. Some rolled up blazers. That's really cool. That's really exciting. I wanted to. Uh, Find out about the acting uh, portion of it, Macaulay, because you had an interesting role in Hometown <laughs> that, uh, kudos to you, sir, you actually nailed it pretty good I, from my perspective. And we were talking earlier about being able to change your thought process. I gotta get by. Sorry, oh. I just gotta use one. We're back. Doug. Well, I keep getting, yeah, Doug. I know we had a little Twitter, not arguing, I think we were arguing with someone else about how <laughs> just because of what you play doesn't necessarily make, that's not what you stand for, clearly, because you played. Yeah, this is a nice little thing called acting. It's uh, it, it, it's great, and I mean, I, I can talk about challenges of acting, but the obvious the obvious joke is, you know, here in bedtime stories, one of the characters I play is a rock and roll radio DJ who wants to make it big in a major so market. A, that was a stretch for yeah, you. Yeah, big, big stretch. One. And then in hometown, I play Doug, who you know is a simple-minded kind of angry guy. Again, typecast, like hello. <laughs> but I I, th- I think to, to answer your question, I mean. I'm a, I'm a newbie to this, right? Like Keanu has been a, a blessing to me in the last year of my life to be able to uh, to flex this muscle, or actually, I shouldn't say flex it. I mean, you need to build it before you flex it, and I'm still taking HGH and pump, <laughs> pumping my biceps here. But uh, y- y- you find yourself in any character, and it's a little easier maybe to find yourself playing a rock and roll radio DJ. But everybody gets you know frustrations in life. So Doug and hometown plugging into that was just about. What makes me frustrated? What would what would get me to this point? Type thing, mm-hmm. and I mean, you, you know, you explore scripts, and you, you you're you're captive to what's going on in your environment, and you you know you follow direction, and and you and you kind of get there with help and on your own, and it, it's 
it's a journey that I'm still struggling, as this is only my second show with Keanu, and it happened to be back-to-back. I'm so, still struggling to kind of get it. Take me through that. Pro- like, Were you just like, you know what? I want to give this a shot. I'm going to go down audition for Hometown. and Did you, did you turn into bedtime stories? Take us. Like, There's a lot of people. I mention this on every Keanu show uh, podcast that we do because it's so true, and I've heard it so many times, even more so, after Hometown, is people are like, that sound looks really cool, but I don't think I can ever do that. Well, I think Hometown, I hope if it did anything. It's to it's to show the community and to encourage people that you you can do it. And next up is Boeing Boeing, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how the audition process goes for that. Yeah, because hometown was pretty big. It's it sounds like Boeing Boeing is a lot smaller too. Hey, like the yeah. amount of cast members so. yeah, compared to 130 some odd. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, like, what made you like you just said I'm going for it or like I've always since since coming to Fort McMurray the first time in '06. And discovering for the first time the beast that it is Keanu Theater and what they're capable of and what what they pull off. Obviously, being a bit of a performer, that wowed me a little bit. Mm. So the interest was there. And then, you know, I spent two years in Ottawa, and then they, they, they pulled me back in, so to speak, and for some morning radio gigs. And it was like, okay, I'm going to do it. But I never did it. I always said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And it took a, a, a little kick in the pants from Russell Thomas. He messaged me oh, wow. and said, we've got auditions coming up for this hometown, the musical, and bedtime stories, and we're looking for a few good men who want to do it. And I guess, I don't know, I'm a bit of a wuss. Like, like Someone else had to pull the trigger for me, but yeah. the desire was always there, the passion was always there, and it's like... You, you know, need the nudge. It, well, it was when I was struggling with weight loss, too. It was like, I, I don't like how I look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I'm still not working out. Still ordering pizza. I'm crying myself to sleep because I don't look. I don't like how I look in the mirror. Cut that out. You still need that. You still need that. That thing. That psychological flip switch. And God bless Russell. He did it for me. He sent me the message. I was like, okay. So I read the scripts and I was like, bedtime stories. This. This is. This is hitting me. This is witty. This is well written. I was visualizing it in my own little way. I'm like, I'm going to audition for that. And I went and I auditioned for bedtime stories. And then I got a call back and I get on the stage. And uh, Claude threw us all up on stage, and I was just like, so what are we doing? All of a sudden, the music hit, and I'm like, wait a minute. Take off this club. Wait a <laughs> minute. Did he even tell you you were there for a dance call? Yeah, I was like, there's Claude's music like and, and dancing. I was like, this isn't bedtime stories. This is Hometown the Musical. And I was like, and, I, and there was a moment where I was like, oh, bedtime's not happening, I guess. But it, 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 it worked out for the best, because I, I originally was like, Bedtime's what I want, hometown. And I had a t- good, great talk with Claude, and he twisted my arm, and thank God he did, because it, I don't think I could get the most out of bedtime that I'm getting out of it. The experience has been phenomenal without, without going knowing. through hometown yeah. first. And so ha- 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 being a one-two punch and being complete trial by fire, my first foray into Canos, two shows back-to-back, I wouldn't have it any other way. And think of it like going into the next season, it, now that you've done these two shows, you're kind of primed now, right? Yeah, and, and now you're gonna just be right like- there. <laughs> I'm gonna be taking vocal lessons over the summer. But uh, yeah, it- all the stages start. To- oh fuck, that's funny. I just got this image in my head of Claude just not telling anyone anything. Oh, and it, it was even worse than that. I- I'll tell the story. We were on stage, and he's just like he he had a preconceived relationship and discussions with some people. So he was like, "You, you, you, and you, and you, go get those uh, those music sheets from Susan, like we talked about earlier." Okay, you, 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 and you. We've got these scripts for you. You go. And he was eliminating people off the stage, and uh, bit by bit, the crowd's getting smaller and smaller. And then eventually, there's two of us, and he was like. Thanks for coming out to the person to my right. And was like, maybe we'll be. And I could tell that okay, they didn't get a role or whatever. And then there was just me left on stage, and I've never auditioned for anything before, so I'm, I'm shitting myself. And he's looking at me, and then I just kind of look over my shoulder and look over my shoulder and go, "What the hell am I doing here, Claude?" And he goes, 
Ah, I want you. I, I got. I got a role for you in hometown. They're interested in you in bedtime stories too. Think about. And I had a, a, kind of a moment of relief, but also a moment of a heart attack. Like he, <laughs> he left me the prick. He left me on stage alone for my first audition. Uh, and, way to yeah. go! Way to have the balls. Sink or swim, uh, man. Way to, well, well done, and you nailed it in, in hometown. Good job, you. Uh, I play a good angry bastard. You played that prick well. <laughs> No, I just it's now funny because you mentioned that transformation talking about earlier about that transformation. I'm like, you can't you got to be able to transform into a role, right? Yeah, and, well, and I mean this this play is the perfect example of that because as much as there are, there are those little idiosyncrasy kind of uh, familiarities between and the, the, the themes that carry over from from role to role to role, they're three different people. There's a radio DJ, a thief, and a strip club owner, and there is definitely some. Physical, mental processes that I have to go through, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, an actor by any means, so I don't know what exactly the the traditional route to take to go. I, all I know yeah. is what's in my head, yeah. and so it's it's been a bit of an yeah That's cool good challenge. Stuff in there, Ben. I have to say, sharing the scene with you, um, you know, I think you're, I think you're really good, and I think you should keep trying and keep doing this. Yeah. I love working with you. Thank I, you. I. I'm not like any sort of authority on this kind of thing. Like I do it as a volunteer for fun, and um, a lot of people think I get paid to do it. I do not. I get paid at my Favorite regular dollars. job at Keanu, and then I volunteer my time as an actor. Um, and I, yeah, I, I love sharing the stage with you, and you have natural talent, and I think that. I think that a lot of people do, and they don't know it, and they mm. think they do, and they're scared, and that's who we want to come out to audition, because you never know who's going to change the game and who's going to find their passion, and it is. It's there. It lives in a lot of people, and um, I think that taking that leap of faith is the most important part of it. I, no, I was just going to say, I think, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I think also about, uh, the great thing about doing theater, it's it's one of the things is, is the sense of community that it forms, and it forms so readily when you're when you're working together, and it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, you've been working with someone for like a week or whatever, and they're like your best friend or something, It's you know what I mean? And you it, spend so much time yeah, with You them. do, and, and, and you get to see them on, on Stockholm different levels, right? <laughs> And and then of course you know and then and then uh, whatever it uh, you know after the the period sort of disperses but you you create relationships and friendships that uh, that are very strong and that, that last even Long even after thing. the show yeah. is done which I think is great and and that's another thing if you come to Fort McMurray and you're like going well I don't know what to do like you know well, let's go to the freaking bar and go. get drunk all the time which I don't have a problem with that because there was a point in my life where I did that a lot <laughs> but you can still do it and go to rehearsal and then go out afterward yes. but um, but yeah no I mean. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to get involved and and do some stuff and 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 get to and know how rewarding people. it is and get to know. I've people. used you guys so many times in my arguments since I've gotten to know Piano uh, Theater on what a more personal level than I haven't been a part of a production yet, but hmm. I've got to know you yes. guys. And when are you going to be my friend? As soon as my son... Auditions are uh, May 11th and 12th, I think, for Boing Boing. Work with as soon as my son's old enough <laughs> to take care of himself or come into a play with me. I think I missed the bullet on that with uh, Hometown, because I probably could have mm. uh, Beamish and Claude said, yes, bring him along, and I should have. 
But as soon as he's old enough to either take care of himself or I got to work that out, it's way too much time. To well, the, the the link uh, in performing and and in all art, really, uh, in my opinion, is the the disarming nature of it. You basically you put yourself out there, right? And and that's what causes that camaraderie, right? Because everyone else is doing the same. And I mean, I've said it before on this podcast, but I mean, uh, it's like uh, you had mentioned that. Well, you're not a good actor by any any means. The thing is, you are the, the and and the thing is, at what level you you decide to be is all up to you. It's it's a dedication right. to the craft, right? I mean, uh, I've said this before. A friend of mine, Tyler, he's a very talented filmmaker. And uh, when I made my my first short, he, uh, you know, I told him, "Well, I'm not a good director like you are." And he said, "Well, you're a director. You're just not at the level you want to be yet. How, how good you get is completely up to you. How dedicated you are to the craft, right?" And I think that is in a lot of people, especially when it comes to the arts and anything creative. It's the amount of time you're willing to put into it and dedicate. And the thing is, if you really are passionate about it, it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like I'm just getting better at this i'm getting better at this and you just keep applying to the next project no 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 i I never said i wasn't good (laughs) i said i'm inexperienced so there you go exactly so (laughs) well done man it is about the camaraderie because i you know i worked with you guys um before we had done a film project we you know, I was the coordinator at Events with Buffalo, and mm-hmm. you guys did the Interplay Film Festival, and so we had a working relationship. I didn't really know you guys that well, and like, then you asked me to be part of your short film project yeah. for Spoof, and then I think that really helped too. We haven't looked back. Like that's you know, why you right like now, working with Macaulay so much because you're comparing <laughs> him to me, and it's just fucking. Well, fun. but I think, but I think that works so well. Like the fact that we worked together beforehand made it that much easier to work together. Because yeah. at that point, we kind of we had gone through that awkward phase, and that always. <laughs> No, I, I'm serious. Don't when you post first, anything on my when, Facebook. When you, when you oh, first meet people, there's that awkward phase where you're kind of seeing, like, how much of the same interest do we share with these people? And that sucks when you're, like, doing a production. Like, and that's why it's important. Like, with plays, rehearsal, right? That's where yeah. you get that all out. You really get to know people, well, right? Especially the directors. Like, mm-hmm. you're a director for film. You directed this play. Like, to me, I feel that would always be the hardest part for, to try to... Uh, get that level with your actors to a point where, like, I know for, like, the the relationship me and you had when we first started doing short films compared to now, I think is 180. Well, it's... First uh, project we did together, I'm like, this guy's a fucking prick, man. He absolutely hates me. Oh, and I can't, oh. Like, fucking, he, he's horrible to work with, and, and now I wouldn't have it any other way, sir. So, like, but it's, it's an organic process. Like, yeah. really... Uh, like, Misha's never told us, okay, kids, get along, make friends, like, go go off into the corner and go play a theater game and have, be best friends. Like, we just naturally form bonds and, like, we don't all rehearse at the same time because we're not all in the same scenes at mm-hmm. the same time. And so it is just, it's watching people work. It's watching people, you know, come in, leave their personal stuff at the door and put their work out there and do their best and try their hardest and have fun and and then that makes us all have fun, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then it's just a it's an experience that we all can share. And yet it's personal in the rehearsal hall. But then we get to put it on stage and give it For out to you guys. To, yeah. Yeah, I've worked with. I mean, I've worked with enough factors. You know what I mean? Like being that this is my real life job, uh, and. Uh, it it never ceases to amaze me um, how people are so willing to like bear it all, and um, and it's one reason that um, I I love musical. Th- I have a huge love for musical theater, and that's one of the reasons is because it takes takes so much to go out there mm-hmm. and dance and sing and act and like and then and like 
in this play. Like it just takes so much for someone to, you know, um, get out there and just, just give it, give everything. And I, I can't do it. I mean, I, there, you know, um, not yet until an actor goes down and then you're going in, Steph. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> head. You better not go down anytime soon, my Are you, are you no, the understudy? You don't nope. want to play Sandy? <laughs> I do not want to play Sandy. I'd play Yolanda. She's fun. But if there is a character that's going to go down, it's going to be the Sandy, Sandy character. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's She's true. She's a little klutzy. She goes down a couple of times. That's yeah, awesome. no, I, I just, I have, I have the utmost respect for actors. It's so funny because, like, all through you know theater school and stuff, um, we, when, as a technician, we're all it's always like actors are stupid, you know, like they're, they're idiots. So you have to, they would be amazing to just, without them. You have to just like you you have to baby them. You have to like we we call it actor proofing the set. Like when we clean yeah. up, <laughs> we're like we're actor proofing the set and like and um, and I remember the t- tipping point for me was wow. I did a show in theater school and it was um, scenes from American classics. Um, that the students were doing and I was production manager for the whole thing production manager stage manager anyways they did um, a very extended rehearsal period because it was a teaching opportunity so the the director asked them to play the scenes in very different ways and then they picked the way they were going to do it um, so and I remember I remember the, listening to the actors talk about the scripts and talk about the characters and and then do the scenes in completely different ways and seeing the bonds form like in front of my eyes and it was the most amazing thing I, I think I've ever I had ever seen at that point I just was like I, I have the utmost respect for actors They're, actors and directors are some of the are, are the smartest people I know like bar none 100% <laughs> they are the smartest people I have ever met in my life and I feel honored to work with them every day every day of my life I get to work with these people and that's a complete and total honor Every... You know what I love, though, like about working at Cano Theater mm. is, um, well, I mean, volunteering um, my in shows, <laughs> not getting paid. Uh, but to reiterate, it is work in a way. It like is, it's oh, not it's work. Like, it is, like you think of it as play or whatever, and I, I, you do that thing of play, but it is work. Like it requires dedication. It requires yep. sweat. It requires you know so what I mean, labor <laughs> and commitment. I know that. Yeah. Dito knows how much I can sweat. <laughs> she kept asking us. We were shooting. We, we shot a movie called Cover, and th- every every couple of takes, she'd be like, "Can my sweat show up on the camera?" Like, I'm like, "Am no. I sweating? Literally You're fine. Right now. Can you see this?" <laughs> but you know what I really love is is the revolving door effect. I guess you could call it. Is that opportunity? that you're going to get to work with someone new. Um, and for this show in particular, like, uh, Ben and I have been friends for several years, and so, like, I just consider it, like, awesome that we get to work together, but I know you, you know? And mm. I don't know you on stage, and that's very different to work with you in that perspective. It's so much fun, but what I really love is working with people like Kim Nolan and Chilla Rescue, mm. like... They're brand new. They came like. How did you find them? Well, because uh, uh, Chilla and Kim uh, work at the uh, work at the Keanu College, and um, Kim Nolan, who's the the other uh, male that's in the uh, in the show, he has been a season subscriber to Keanu Theater for thirty freaking years, twenty nine wow. or thirty Kim years. Nolan? Yeah, Mr. Nolan from yes. school. Yes. yes. Oh shit! Yes. Really? Yes. yes. 
Yes. Well, he and there he is, and so uh, anyways, due to circumstances or whatever, casting whatever, he never came out to the initial casting. But you know, trying to find someone like you know, I was stalking middle aged me- middle aged older men <laughs> during their fifties. You know what I mean? I'm like looking for anyone that was like fill in for these roles, and people are looking at me going, "What the heck are you doing? Is, is he available? Like, and they're like, what? what are you is he available? And, and, well, like, oh, I mean, I mean for this rehearsal period. Well, anyways, it made for interesting uh, engagements. But the thing was though, but so and he said yes, and he, and I was so amazed when he said that he he'd, he'd been a season subscriber for 29 years, and there he is now up there doing it. And that's awesome. And it is. It is. I can't is wait. Awesome. And 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 also uh, 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 Chilla, who's been here, I think a year. Uh, not even a year. Maybe not she came year. in September. Yeah. And uh, she came out and she says, I'm sitting here. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. My my boyfriend or husband isn't coming for, you know, a few months or whatever. I want to get involved. Mm-hmm. She comes out to an audition and just she just glows. Oh, and I was like, I have to work with park. her. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and she's up there and she's just, uh, yeah. And there she is just doing the work, man. She's just like, it's so amazing yeah. to see her, her in particular, in a rehearsal, and then and then we'll do notes or whatever. We'll we'll talk about things, and then the next rehearsal, I'm going like, this scene grew like a thousand. She times. has made a hundred changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. every time I see her, she makes. But it's so fabulous. Like she's growing, and yet she's so consistent. You know what I mean? Like it's because yeah. I mean, as a stage manager, I'm always looking at con- like consistency because I need I need it for what I'm what I need to mm-hmm. do. But like, so an <clears throat> actor who who can change. Who can change the scene like emotionally and like whatever, like different intentions and different, but still remain so consistent as to not throw off stage management or the their fellow actors. She's really like, good with her lines. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These two. To me, knowing their lines. Misty and Ben. Misty and Ben. They're the, not the best uh-oh. in their lives. They are epic are they? paraphrasers. Paraphrasers. Epic that's, paraphrasers. Epic. If you thought hometown was Norm epic, Foster. they are the... Sorry, Norm. You should have seen this rehearsal. I was like, do you guys, do you guys want me to be hard on you? And Misty's like, yeah, I do. And so I'm like, okay. Meanwhile, I'm, going, I'm in the back going, no. 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 Scene starts and the scene starts and Misty has like a little bit at the beginning and Ben's off stage and so Misty starts and I'm like nope this nope this nope this and Ben's off stage and I'm sure he's going like great this wait till like my a turn a lot of fun and I like point at them too like cause so I'll be like in the script and I'm like I'm like you say this 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 you I say like this. a hard stage manager I have to say We're that's good that's well I want to go into more about the stage management oh wait I want to talk Not to the other two cast members. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Because I love Kim and I love Chilla. Yeah. And I also love Jen. Jen's a student yes. of Jen Townsend. Um, and, and she's in the VPA program and she's also come a long way. And mm-hmm. and then we have... Um, uh, Eric. Is that guy? Oh, yeah, Eric. 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 I love Eric. Tommy Quick, Tommy Quick. Tommy Quick. Nice. Um, I think that, that they've... Who was also in Dracula? Did we yeah, say that? Yeah, I did his yeah. makeup. So that yeah. was like the first time I've ever worked with him. I did his makeup, and 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 uh, he hasn't been back, you know, in, in <laughs> since. <three laughs> well, no, no. He what happened? Very was small children. children. Very small children. Oh, I don't know what that's yeah. about. Yeah. I thought it'd be like I had this really bad experience with the makeup girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's gone, right, guy? Okay, yeah, I'm in. <clears throat> Eric, I think he loved Dracula, but then mm-hmm. he he was also at like a very transitional stage in his life where he started a family and he. You know, he's throwing down his roots in Fort McMurray, and he, um, 
you know, I'm I'm just so grateful that he's in this production and he's working again because I I love seeing him beam mm-hmm. because when he's working and he is feeling great, we all feel great, and it's with any single or or other characters, mm-hmm. you know, whatever um, configuration we're in on stage. When you see those people working. Um, and then they come off stage. We're all like fist bumping each other, and we're all like, "That was great," you know. And then and I'm like, "Shut up! There's no scene going on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't it, isn't it cool how you guys have had this little crossing of paths in in the past kind of thing, and now you're sharing a scene together and working together, and that's a direct correlation to what your characters do yeah. in one of the scenes. You have oh. this little. That is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a little real life little on onion. stage. Oh, yeah. Onion. Every director we've had on the show, and we've done about seven of these Cano podcasts now that yeah. I love doing, every director that I've spoken with says how much they love Steph and, oh. <laughs> and, and how they're so appreciative that because I, I just want you to take me through the process because this show gets turned over to you after opening night. Correct? Yes, it does. Because if anything I've learned on the show, it's that the director only goes the first half, which shocked me the very first time I found yeah. that out. Oh, you should have seen the faces of the kids in hometown when they found out Claude was leaving. <laughs> They're all like, what? You're leaving us with her? <laughs> I'm just curious. So what happens at that point? Like, when Like when does this become Steph's show? Well, uh, well, so in rehearsal, it's, it's very much a partnership between me and the director. And um, uh, I've... Just Fucking love that partnership. Like I, I, I love it. I love working with the director. And cats are going crazy. So, yeah, they are. Holy bridge. crap! Oh my okay. god. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so it's very much a partnership, and we we have very different jobs, and we work together to make things happen. And then we get into what we call Tech Week, um, which we're st- starting this week um, coming up, and uh, it shifts a bit, and the director. I then have a lot of things on my plate. I have a lot of things to get get done in my script and stuff to get ready for the show. And so, the, and the director um, and me, our relationship changes a bit, but it's still very much a partnership. And then, um, and then when the show is um, when when we're running the show, like even in those last rehearsals, like the dress rehearsals and stuff, essentially the director you know talks to the actors before, and then I take care of the show during the show and then after the director gives all the notes and stuff and so that's kind of where we start to separate a bit and then on opening night um it's not a ceremonial thing like you know it's not like here you go the it's um you know uh the director will usually uh, most directors at some point will say to the actors oh and then i give the show to staff like just in passing or something and then but what it really is 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 I'm my job is to maintain the artistic integrity of the show as the director has envisioned it. Every director has said you become the director at that point. I mean, yes, and it's and it's kind of one of those things where like any acting notes that need to happen or any um, anything like that goes through me after that. So um, if an actor wants to change something about their performance, it has to go through me, and I have to decide if it's within the artistic integrity of the show. And if I'm unsure, most directors, like 99% of directors, are more than willing to enter into a conversation with me about, about the show after it's opened. I mean, of most course, their it's baby their baby. Too, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, like lots of directors leave town. Like they, they don't even, they're not even in town. Like Misha will be in town. I'll be here. Yeah. Till I go to Vegas. Till he goes to Vegas. Oh, <laughs> you go to Vegas yeah. without me? Oh, Take me. Wow. Oh, but the show will be closed. I waited until the show oh, is closed. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so we can go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we can all go to Vegas. Oh, this, I got so a new. Yeah. We're all going to Vegas. Okay, we're all going, right? You guys are coming too, right? Vegas. Sure. 
Vegas. 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 Sin City Podcast. Vegas Podcast. It'd yeah. be amazing. No. Around a bed in a hotel room. Oh, yes. In the Luxor. Oh, that rotates. The Luxor. That rotates. Hashtag Vegas. And vibrates. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, everyone... uh, Totsky, I didn't turn the bed on. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. <laughs> what is that? Stop talking like that. No, every director has, has said that they were always very appreciative and of turning the show over to you. That's good. And I've to always hear, wanted yeah. to know like what that whole process is like because assistant stage manager is something I or what did uh, Rihanna call it? ASM. Yeah, ASM. Yeah. So I've heard yeah. that a lot lately. Well, out of her, and then you got a new one for this play, I do believe. I actually, we actually uh, don't have an assistant stage manager on this show. Uh, we did, and it was just a conflict of of, uh, of of time and the needs of the show that uh, we do not uh, require an assistant uh, on this show. But we on have great technicians, and yes, we, we have do. Great volunteers backstage, and on hometown, I had three assistants, and that was like not enough. <laughs> but yeah, but the 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 position of assistant stage manager, it's um, it's a bit of a. It's not exactly an apt name for the um, for the job description. Um, when it's a community member, they really do kind of become my, my assistant because because they just don't know what they're doing yet. Yeah. <laughs> but when I worked professionally as an assistant, um, it's very much its own job. So it's um, you could kind of call it backstage manager because that's really what you're doing. You're in charge of anything that happens backstage. So, um, which actually, like to be honest, like I really miss it sometimes because it's such an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Like you are in charge of everything backstage. So uh, you're setting up for the top of the show and you're telling the actors what to do, where to go, and um, in, in a very nice. <laughs> Tone of voice. Way. Um, and you get to like, you just get to learn about I, actors so much. I love the way stage management assistants, stage managers, well, backstage and how they put you in your place. And it's so terse, but it's I, so it's like hurting cattle. And you just gotta go, yep, I'm there. And yet, and yet sometimes it's very loving. Sometimes it's sometimes it's like okay. little Teresa, she was oh she was God. the best ASM. Like she's four foot. Doesn't oh matter. She's so tiny. <laughs> she's so sweet, and she's a she's a high school student at Westwood. Yeah. She's just the most amazing volunteer, and she's she did hometown for stuff, and she did Chicago for us last year, and she's very soft spoken, and 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 I relied on her like nobody's business. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like Teresa, where am I supposed to be? Like what is happening? What costume am I wearing? Like where am I going? What's and she's like. There's it's green okay. M&M's in the bowl. She's like, yeah. it's okay, Misty. Like, you're just supposed to enter stage right, and then you grab the stick, and then you walk on, and I'm like, okay, thank you. And she's like, don't worry, I put your water on the side. And I was like, Teresa. <laughs> and I was like, you're the best. Yeah, and it's really like the good assistant, like good assistant stage managers are, it's it's a hard position. And like, I, I, I mean, I have sewn costumes while they were on actors, I have put shoes on an actor while he was playing a piano. I have, wow. you know, I had to rescue a actor who had gotten stuck on stage in a mustard costume. Not to mention quick change. And not to mention changing. I can change an entire person's outfit in like five seconds. That's the a girls, the girls, they would, they were, they thought it was like crazy. They're like, oh my god, that's a really quick change. I'm like, well, how long do they have? They're like, they have like thirty seconds. I'm like, that's not a quick change, honey. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's plenty of time. That's a lot of changing your clothes. Like, they can go in the dressing room. <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> have some gin. No, oh, no, 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 this is happening. No, like, that was the 80s, remember? That oh, that's 80s. right. That Let's relive the 80s. Oh, my God, can we be in the 80s? So demanding. It's, it's, uh, it's really a testament for the, for the love of the art, right? Because... You really have to stop and think. It's like, like why gym. else would you put yourself go, through that? Why else would you put yourself you through this? Like for me, like I, um, I was an assistant stage manager for Misha's play last year, mm-hmm. which was the Thirty Nine Steps, and that was a comedy. And so, if you like Thirty Nine Steps, you're gonna love bedtime stories. But I was an assistant stage manager, and so I would just, I would stand by, and I was like. A, epically jealous of the actors on stage and I was like why didn't I audition but then I was I you know I thought to myself no like I want to put my work you know out there in a different way and I was I did costumes with Tiffany and like I I helped uh Lauren who was the stage manager for that show and 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 then I thought when I heard about these auditions and the fact that Misha was going to be the director I was like oh Wow, I get to like and maybe try to be on stage this time. Like this is a great experience. But then I always thought in the back of my mind, like you know, there's always the possibility of no, and like you might not get it. And like I always go into auditions open minded and and know that like I'm so thankful that as a volunteer, if I don't get to be on stage, I get to be backstage. Like I get to be involved yeah. no matter what. And <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. I think it's just a it's an important. There's so many roles to play. But everyone's job is so important. I can't believe Mm -hmm. how it just it's it's just so interconnected. Like you you know, without stage management this doesn't get done. If you don't have an ASM you can't do a quick change. If you don't have the director you can't do this. If you don't have the actors you can't do this lighting and it's just everyone is just it's so it is such a web. And and everyone has such a value. And and everyone is so appreciated. It doesn't matter if you're like even putting laundry, do you know what I mean? Like washing out oh, God. laundry Laundry's or whatever, job. right? Oh, Melissa? It's huge. Melissa, yeah. love you, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa's our head of wardrobe. She's the most amazing person in the entire damn world. Oh, and she's sewing these incredible Tommy Quick pants made oh. out of some kind of fiber that's not natural. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite breathe. You know what I mean? He's going to be sweating like a pig. <laughs> it didn't yeah. breathe in the 80s. Right. <laughs> and you have to peel them off. It, yeah. But, but and, and just her and things that she adds to it like are just even for character choices like the embroidery or the, the detailing that she, she puts into it. It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Even as the actor putting it on or feeling it or even mm-hmm. just seeing that glimpse of it or you know even in set designer. I'm going to take this moment to show you guys a, a photo of my uh, my Yolanda costume. You haven't seen oh, it. Oh my no, god! I no, I haven't I'm so seen it. No. The Get Yolanda ready. costume. Get ready. I saw it on a rack. No. This is just this is just like the Terry Bill and Steve show, showing photos on the radio, <laughs> <laughs> hearing three old men that laugh at photos. The most amazing thing I've Watching ever seen. Watching these two videos. There you go, Alicia. <laughs> Who is oh that? my! Uh, I love buy that. Buy your tickets now, people. Is that a turtleneck? I just that is a turtleneck and a and wind wow. pants. A gun? That a gun? Be a what? Yeah, oh god! Guns. Did you say a gun? So eighties. Really? That's a tracksuit gun. <clears throat> oh, it is. <laughs> like if you if you don't buy your tickets wow. now after hearing us react to this, it's pretty this, good. Just like yeah, that's that like reason? I feel like that's you have a, a DeLorean no, parked outside. <laughs> I don't think she's that cool. I don't think we have a DeLorean, but 
You know, it's all of it. It's on the budget. Be quiet. There's one in Edmonton. Production notes. Economics. Put in the production notes. I think Misha, as part of my job, part of my job is to send out notes after a rehearsal. So, like, if Misha's like, oh, we need, we need, um, uh, four pillows on the bed, then I, you know, like, please add four pillows to the props list. You know, whatever. So, um, Misha... The last couple days, he's been going a little wild with all these things that he all of a sudden wants. That and so he and you know like my, my job, my job is to be the yes man. You know what I mean? Like I'm the one who's like, yeah, well, we're just gonna okay, we're getting we're getting to that part. No, my job is to be like, is to be like, okay, we'll look into that, okay. I'll I'll ask about that. I'll ask about that. Is like, and then I go into Nick's, and then I go into Nick's, and then I go into Nick's office, and I go, okay, so uh, they want they want a zebra on stage, and he's like, what? And I'm like, I said I'd ask about it, and he's like, he's like, why are you even asking? You know the answer is no, and I'm like. Yeah, but I have to ask about it. That's my job. <laughs> in Chicago, we asked for an elephant, didn't we? Oh God, I ask for an animal every show. I usually, I usually put a, a fake note in, and and it's usually ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I always put a fake note, and Nick likes that because then he emails me. He's like, ah, "We're not getting that. You're not getting a goddamn zebra." That wasn't the fake note. <laughs> that wasn't the fake note. That was the real. That was a real yeah. thing. You, actually you can't do. get a zebra. Didn't you see it? More pens. <laughs> So yeah, but I've had I like I think Misha. What did you ask for the other day? And I just looked at you and I was like, No, no. We uh, <laughs> we, we had a moment at rehearsal this week where oh, we yeah. broke one of the beds. <clears throat> broke it. The scene got a little intense, oh, and one of the beds broke. And, and, and I saw Misha's eyes light up. He was like, "The way that collapsed, that worked. <laughs> Can we get a collapsible, breakable bed? Can we break the bed?" And Steph's like, "No, no, <laughs> shut up. That worked." Like Ben, why did you break the bed? And show the, so like I think. So there it is. There's a picture. Yeah. Of yeah. Oh wow. Literally broke. That's awesome. One of my assistants yeah. in hometown once she came up to me and she was like, "So I noticed." And she, anyways, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but like, I noticed this and this and this and this and this. And I took her aside and I, it was Jen Townsend. I took oh. her aside and I go, Jen, as <laughs> <laughs> stage management, there are certain things that when we notice them, we bring to the director's attention. There are other things that when we notice them, we look around ourselves and we go, is this going to be helpful at all? Or is this just going to make a lot of work for nothing? And then we just don't tell anyone and we keep that to ourselves. She's like, Okay. And she scratches it out of her notebook. <laughs> it's learning. It's part of the learning process, right? Uh, Movie magic. <laughs> yeah. Screw your philosophy, Misty. I, I don't think I could ever cross that floor. I don't know if I could have the confidence in myself to ever ASM a show or, or, really? or work backstage. Because I've in hometown they had heard us cats so much and i mean i just every at the end of every rehearsal at the end of every show i, I was bowing down and apologizing <laughs> because of what cats with me yelling at them yeah, on headset. yeah. Like, you know what i could never do it i could never do. i could never do it so i won't i, won't, I know i'm gonna say it now i will i also said i'd never it's work in morning radio. i was gonna say next season yeah name is asm call it. yeah well it could happen okay sure I, I i i subscribe to never say never but but i just I, nothing scares me more i'll, I'll go out on Stage naked before I'll I'll oh. do an ASM. We have nudity now in bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna so our rating this change this yeah. week. We're gonna put it in. That's <laughs> are you moves. ready? Unfortunately, now it's gone from a semi comedy to a full blown comedy. <laughs> Well done, well done. Uh, any final thoughts, Macaulay? What do you think about the whole process in general? Oh, it's 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 been a ride, and um, 
you know, I've I've undergone a lot of uh, change and growth in the last couple of years, and I can honestly say very proudly that Keanu Theater has been as good as any therapist. It's been an hey. experience that's helped me grow and uh, learn a lot about myself, and so. It's it's the a lot cheaper than yeah, a lot che- and a lot cheaper than heroin, and it's also that addictive. <laughs> so it, it, it's certainly something that's in my blood now, and I look forward to uh, seeing where this where this goes, where this beast takes me. It's taking me to the podcast, so this has been a pretty cool experience. Maybe I take you to the film, sir. <clears throat> maybe, oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I've got the documentary thing under my belt, so maybe that might be the next uh, the, the next step. Yeah, you're in that that, that doc, eh? That uh, oil sands oil sands karaoke. What you got into? Got into hot docs in Toronto. Right, that's where right, it premiered. Right, right. We've got a couple of Fort McMurray premieres coming nice. up. So that's a, that's been a cool experience. Film might be the most lo- next logical step. We'll talk. Well, yeah, that's what one thing me and Misty said on the, with Beamish on the last podcast is it's such a, a I think the, the whole industry for both theater and film are interconnected. They're two very different industries, of course, but we don't have the biggest uh, amount of population in town. So I don't think it's just, it just makes only sense to cross from one to the other, share the same talent pool, mm-hmm. as you can say. Right? Well, I mean, that's one of the first things that Misty told me when we started working together was you need there's, to be a, there's, a, there's a no there's a wealth of resources available Absolutely. within the community of actors because I mean you convinced me to start making films in in Fort McMurray, right? And I mean that's how we met Misty, how we met Brody. I mean a lot of talented people, right? So tons yeah. of talent. So we'll have to cast uh, everyone at this table at a film. <laughs> Steph wants to be in a film. Steph wants to be in a I film. I do not want to be in a film, but I would love to be involved in the process. She'll that do all is the filmed. scheduling. Wouldn't yeah, I can you do love the scheduling. To be of that duty. The only I acting. Anyway. <laughs> the only acting I do is my is my little Monday night gig. So yeah, all yeah. right. Pimp Steph, that. trivia. What? Trivia night at Tavern. Uh, I uh, when I moved to Fort McMurray, I was like, "Wow, Fort McMurray looks boring," which it's not. They need trivia, by the way. And I and I was sitting. A in this place. Huh? I was in Montreal, sitting at one of my favorite bars, uh, doing tri- doing a trivia night, and uh, I was like, "Fuck." I could do that. <laughs> of course, I was drunk, so of course I thought I could do that. And so I got here and I wa- walked. The one into- person not enjoying trivia in Montreal. <laughs> you guys ain't so big. <laughs> I, walked- I could do this. And I like waltzed into Tavern on Main, and I was like, I want to do a trivia night. And they were like, Yeah, no. And then so uh, and so they were like, Hey, you need to meet with Keith. And so I went back and I said, I want to do a trivia night. And he was like, Sure. Let's try it out. Nice. And that's I've heard that nothing, was in September. I've so. heard nothing but good things. Like you guys are pretty much packed on Monday nights, I do believe. You it. know what I want to plan with Steph is a Nintendo themed trivia night, which Ooh, I wanted you guys to be nice. Fucking so right. Okay, yeah, yeah, we can totally I'm make totally that happen. We're that. actually doing a t- we're at, we're doing a big tournament in June, June second at Tyrant on Main. So like yeah, it's really getting it's getting to be a thing, and I'm on. It is a you thing. Know, it's, it's, a, it's, uh-huh. a, it's the Monday night thing it's to do at Fort Mac. Yeah, I yeah. kid you not. Everyone talks about it, and oh my God. literally people like myself are like, oh, "I haven't had a chance to go yet." It's just like, oh, how could you not have gone to trivia night? Oh my yet? goodness! So. Yeah, and and I usually wear a hot little outfit, so you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out just there. Just there if you're <laughs> if you're looking for some TNA on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> If you need it in the next three weeks, just come see Bedtime Story. Hey. Yeah. That'll yes. hold you over for a while what until you the, can make it on a Monday. What are the dates? When do we open? We open on uh, April 26th, Friday, April 26th. We have a preview. Um, so preview is... Uh, 
it's the last sort of dress rehearsal. It's the it's uh, adding the last component, right? It's the audience, and so mm-hmm. we we work as long as we can, as hard as we can, and then we finally need what is missing, and that's those those people in the seats. And so Thursday, the twenty fifth, um, is preview night. The ch- the tickets are a little bit cheaper. But the performance is not cheap. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's the actor's first shot at, at really performing in front of people. And then Friday, uh, the 26th, we open. We run on the 27th. Uh, all these shows are at 8 o'clock. Then we come back on uh, Wednesday, May 1st at 8 o'clock. And we run until Saturday the 4th. Uh, every show is in the evening. So um, there's, there's a chance for... For everyone to see it over. And where can they get tickets? Because don't be like me last time for hometown. Yeah, be don't like, wait. Oh, like, I'll just wait. To uh, get this them. has been a really big lesson that we've been trying to to really get across to people this year is, please, please, please don't wait to buy tickets because um, every seat in Keanu Theater is a great seat, uh, but there's some better than others, so you might as well just buy them now. Um, and 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 this is a last minute town and. Everybody seems to buy tickets at last minute, and then we run out. So yeah, just go online. My cries last yeah. around, <laughs> go so. online, Keanu.ca slash theater, and just purchase your tickets online. You can pick your own seats. Pick your date. You don't have to talk to anyone on the phone. It's just <laughs> are, are the preview so night enjoyable. tickets available online too? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm down. And it, it's selling already. I, I, I was on yeah, it yesterday and looking, and it's filling up. Those so. middle seats, they're basically gone. Yeah. But like. Like I said, like literally every seat at Keanu Theater, what's great about that theater is um, it feels like a gigantic version of your living room. And the seats are it's really comfortable. Um, the stage, it's a good theater. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a great theater. It's, it's a good it, setting. It is. Who yeah. was the Who was the musician that to this day still says those are the best acoustics? Katie Lang. There you go. Katie Lang. She really? just loves our acoustics up there in Keanu Theater. Yep. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Anything else on the horizon for Keanu for this of this year? Uh, we do have auditions coming up really quick hey. uh, for the 2013-2014 Telus Four Play Drama Series. We are opening the season with Boeing, Boeing, uh, directed by Paul Jeleno. He did uh, Extremities this year, so he's switching gears and doing a farce. Uh, and we're looking for four females and two males uh, to come out. It's a story about. Uh, um, three flight attendants that are all engaged to the same pilot. It's, Say uh, what? <laughs> it's set in the 1960s in uh, Paris, France. Like, who doesn't want to be in that play? Um, and so, anyways, all the the girls and the pilot uh, end up by you know certain circumstances all being grounded at the same time and being at the pilot's apartment at the same time. So you can only Hilarity imagine ensues. what happens there. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. Yeah. And and just I just want to say I started reading the script. I haven't finished it, but uh, literally the stage directions will be like so and so exits door five. So <laughs> it's gonna oh, be oh, five slam door six. Yeah, like it's gonna be a, a thing. There's, yeah, there's gonna be doors. So auditions wow. for that are coming up really quick. Actually, right after bedtime stories closes, uh, we have a week off, and then uh, May 11th and 12th we have auditions. So if anyone's interested in auditioning, um, please call our box office. Not uh, only auditioning, if they can uh, talk to the people to get help out too. Yeah, right? volunteer. Mm-hmm. Like if if you don't, you know, you're not ready to jump up on stage. Um, there's need that push, need them call you push. To yeah. <laughs> There's just lots of roles to play at Keanu Theater, whether it's on stage or, or backstage. So, you know, go to our website, keanu.ca slash theater, or um, 
you know, call our box office, come visit us down at the theater at uh, Cano College. We're always happy to to take visitors. Yeah, we are. Help with my door is always open. Or or anything like that. We're we're not an elitist group. We are happy to talk to you, and we're happy to make friends with you. And I love it when people. I love it when people walk by my office and then like come in and chat with me. Yeah, I do. I I leave my door open for a reason. You know, like that door was never open until I until I moved into that office, and now it's open all the time. And all the kids come and talk to me, and like all the little ballet dancers are like, "Who is that girl? Who's that girl? I'm making a funny face, but you can't see it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a really, you know, it's sad to sort of close the season, but it's bittersweet uh, because we're closing it with a a really a bang a really great show uh, you know we're closing it with the comedy they usually close it with um, the drama but we we switched those roles this year and uh, and it's just great to see Misha again working as a director um, I was going to say I was going to say any final thoughts Misha on what's your experience so far or what's your what's your feeling level I should say uh, we were just at such a good place I mean I'm just excited about getting it going. I mean, everyone's sort of, it's like racehorses, you know, and you're just, you're waiting for the bell to ring and just, you know, they're ready to yeah. spring out of the gate. And we get onto the stage this week and then we're opening and then they're ready. And it's just been just a really wonderful ride. And, and I, I appreciate so much the trust that they have of like me sort of steering the ship, you know, this big ship and this going along, as I've said, going along for the ride and just really, really appreciating it and, and challenging themselves. Like, it's it's just wonderful uh, just to have that and and it's a good freaking show and it's funny and I'm pretty cynical about comedy. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. It makes me laugh. Even I've been watching scenes. I've seen them 16 times or 17 times, and you think, oh, enough already. But I'm like going, sugar, shit. They just oh, why did I just monster myself? Like I don't know. I'm, um, Please no swearing on the show. That craziness. And then you see it, and then they, people just bring new stuff, and and then it's just funny again. And you just like sit there, and you just you just I just laugh, and it's great. It's, you yeah, laugh it's, a it's lot. It's loving your product. It, it is it's it's loving the product. Yeah. I do yeah. laugh a lot. Well, you guys make me laugh, yeah. so that's you know what I mean. Yeah. But Steph, final thoughts. Uh, I this is where I've chosen to like make my life like doing theater and doing community theater is something that I've always enjoyed I've been doing community theater since I was 11 and uh, I just love seeing the people in this community come out and get involved and do this stuff and it just like it just amazes me the amount of people they do they do and they They have such a great time and like and the relationships created like um, like me and Ben are like buds now it's awesome. Like we met during well, we met during didn't the piano. realize I hated him before. No, but. <laughs> we met during the piano gala, like very briefly, and then and then you know doing <laughs> hometown. Oh, yeah, should have given me a poppy. Yeah, he wasn't wearing a poppy. He was the MC of the gala and in November and didn't have a poppy, so I gave him mine. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good stage manager. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So then uh, then you know doing hometown and now this and now you know we're like hey you want to go for coffee like you know, it's, it's great. A family. It's, we it's a family. Come back to that. Well, like I said, I kid you not. I, I've I've used Cano Theater as as a point to tell people like everyone's complaining about it's not so much nothing to do in this town. It's like well I don't know where to meet people or go or one of the common complaints for guys I don't know where to meet chicks. Like uh, the theater. The ratio is like, I'd say. 14 girls to one guy. So if you, you hear that, go, 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 go
it it's here like unbelievable. First, uh, I've Steve Reeves said it on the show. I've said it too. Like literally, this is where you want to go meet people. This is where you go do it. Uh, I'm saying to, to, <laughs> we have a bar in the it's lobby. It's just throwing it out there Monday night. Monday night, it's complicated. I can't keep up. Very complicated. Monday night, TNA down at the tavern, and I'm single. Just so you know. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Amazing. But no, I, I think that's incredible. Like, people literally complain about nothing to do or, or nowhere to interact or meet people. And there's an amazing, amazing yeah. organization right in our backyard. Yeah. And then people are just not really thinking about uh, getting involved with it. And we've said it every yeah. podcast, and we'll keep saying it. Get on it, folks. I have through. been here. I have not been here that long. And I... I it's amazing. Like, I'm busy. Like, I'm busy. Like, today I woke up and I was like, oh, day off. Awesome. And I was like, wait a second. I have like 18,000 things to do today. A stupid like, podcast. But, like, I have all these things to do and people are like, texting me, like, you want to go for lunch? You want to do-? And I'm like, I don't have time for all this. Like, well, how, does, how does this happen? It's a busy place. Like, yes. I just. Yeah, anyways, I had a huge, like, Facebook rant about this earlier in the week, but, like... Had, yes. enough, had yes. enough time to Facebook about it. <laughs> Busy. <laughs> Go into that rant again. I, I told you I okay. wanted you to I was at I was at the hairdresser, and I was sitting, you know, getting my hair done or whatever, and I don't like to talk to hairdressers, so that's... I don't know. I just, I just, that's so I just, weird. I like to get my hair cut and just like. <laughs> that is so weird. I'm, I'm I don't like, talk to actors. Most guys like myself are the same way. Let's like try to avoid eye contact. Yeah. He's touching my head. Let's just get through <laughs> this. On my phone. It's gonna, only going to last a little while. See, see, I, but, I feel like if someone's being that intimate with you, you're you're almost uh, required you to, to oh, have a conversation. Hold on, what about a massage? Talk during a massage? Yeah. That'd be awkward. That's more no, I hate it. Because the talkers, I'm just... I've never had a professional massage, but I think... I think the unprofessional ones? There's, there's, <laughs> there's an obligation, well, I think, when you're that intimate, to, to throw some conversation. I always, really? get the, I always get the question of whether or not I'm, I'm like, Middle Eastern Mediterranean, because Hispanics, there's, like, very, there's a lot of... A lot of similarities, race-wise, right? So, like, Italian every time Tito. I go... Well, I go to... Yeah, exactly. I go... Uh, what's the place... Um, uh, I forget the place, but anyway, that, like it's run by Middle Eastern guys, right? So every time he asks me which, where, which, it, like even in which Arabic, country? right? Which country? And I'm like, I'm Spanish, dude. And he's like, oh, <laughs> wow, it's like dead quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't fuck guy. up my hair. <laughs> See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You, 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 you banter, you get on their good side, and you might end up with a good haircut. Maybe that's that's the secret. I'm a right Tommy there. Guns kind of guy, so. Mm. I, I love that place. You know, there's not a lot of conversation when you're buried under one of those towels. So, so, but, but, like most <laughs> most women mouth. I've spoken with, they're like oh, they're like tight with their I hairdresser. Cannot handle it, and I also very rarely go to the same hairdresser twice. Uh, really? Yeah. I, well, I I used to cut my own hair. I cut my own hair for like two years. I looked like an idiot all the time, but that's fine. <laughs> I actually I just look like a crazy person all the time. <laughs> now I just now I just like got the like little fro going on. Uh, it life. works. <laughs> I think it's a good look. It's good. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, so I was at the hairdresser, and the lady beside me, she's talking to her hairdresser, and she says, um, so are you going to stay in Canada, or are you going to go back to Korea? And he says, uh, I'm going to stay in Canada. And she says, oh, but you're not going to stay here, right? Fort McMurray? Big like, you're not, you're not going to stay here. Like, you're going to go, you're going to go somewhere else, right? Vancouver. And he's like, uh, like, he doesn't know what to say to her, and also, like, his English was not that great, but, yeah. like, he, he doesn't know what to say, and she's like, oh, don't worry, once you see it, you'll go there. Um, and then she starts talking about her retirement home in Nova Scotia, and how, like, she can't wait to retire and go live in Nova Scotia, whatever, whatever. And I just, I just thinking to myself, like, this woman's gonna wake up one day, and she's gonna be 75, and her beautiful retirement property, and she's gonna think, I just wasted 30 years of my life 
in Fort McMurray not living life. Mm. Like, sitting around complaining, bitching and moaning yeah. about how you hate where you are. Like, I just can't even imagine. Like, I haven't even been here that long and I just... Like, I'm living my life because I live here. Like, yeah. I'm living here now, so why wouldn't I live my life? You own it. You own where you're at, and yeah. you own your life. The biggest mistake people it's, make in this in this life, and especially here, it's to live for tomorrow. Yeah. It's what I'm doing today is to get me to t- tomorrow, and fuck today, because I don't, I'm not happy with today, but tomorrow, oh, I can't wait for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for next week. Yeah. And all of a sudden, those next weeks are gone. You're an old crotchety bastard what who happened? didn't live a Where'd life yeah. yeah that's the biggest mistake people make and it pisses me off and to it's hear that common, it's common in this town like I'm as big as a rah-rah for McMurray as anyone can get but that that's a mentality for I think anywhere that you go yeah like I love this town but don't get me wrong if there's a chance for me to move on to expand myself somewhere else I'm gonna take it but it doesn't mean I'm gonna be miserable where I'm living exactly. now right you're gonna do what you wanna do do yeah. what you absolutely love to do yeah. and if you don't you gotta try to adjust yourself so you can you want to go meet people and you can't do it at a bar and you hate going to a bar to meet people guess what don't go to a fucking bar to meet people yep. try something new try something different it's all and a matter of perspective like change your perspective for one second please like wear anyone else's shoes and 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 try and be happy just try <laughs> just I, literally, I literally got asked uh, at trivia night one time so what does your man do and I was like I I don't like. I don't have a man. Did you not hear like, me at the beginning uh, of the evening? <laughs> I am single. single. And he's like, he's like, you see what I'm wearing? Like, but you moved here with someone, right? Like you moved here because like your man moved here. And I was like, no, actually, I oh. broke up a three year relationship in Montreal to move here. And they were like, why would you do that? And I'm like, why are you still talking to me? Yeah, like go the fuck away. <laughs> like, I can't. That's such a weird question. You have no idea. One day, so you and me weird. are going to sit down. We'll have a beer and we'll talk about all the things. I don't, dude. That I don't get it either. Like, like from a guy's point of view, like, I like girls are saying all this stuff that happens. Like, imagine what this guy asked me, and I can't it's fathom like the worst pickup line ever. I can't fathom the fucking shit that some people are saying. Some guy came up to me last night in Tavern on Main and talked to me in Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. Oh. For like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's just fucking like, funny. And I, <laughs> so and you're I, sure he wasn't Armenian or like from uh, 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 Austria? Wow. Austria? Austria? No, because he actually he is at work. I'm just saying he might be here. <laughs> he just he had a Superman shirt on, so obviously I was like, yeah, Superman. I was being all like belligerent, and then yeah. he like comes over and he's like, oh no, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? Oh, now? And then he tried to like pay for everything me and my friend were drinking, and we were like. No, dude, it's sucks. okay. That sucks so bad. No, but like, not in a, not in a like, in a, in a way that he wanted something in return for that. <laughs> I think this is a separate podcast. Oh, let's keep yeah, going, man. We have, we have, we'll have to, I'm going to have to come back, right? You yeah. Are, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, I enjoyed your rant, though, because I think it's, and it, it reflects too, Cano Theater, because it's just one, that's one component that I think is so, um, I don't want to say ignored, but people overlook it. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, that's just community theater. Where really they can have such an amazing fucking time. Oh my god! I'm the first person that will admit this because of my career working in radio. I have a warped, crazy, weird life in Fort McMurray. Because of my job, I get to do shit that uh, maybe ordinary people in a more typical facet of Fort McMurray life don't get to do. I know that, and and I'm very aware of that. But I also embrace it. However. Uh, switching from from working from one radio station to the other, one radio station kind of dictated what charity work I was involved in, and it was all work related. And 
I get so much free time co-hosting the morning show on K-Rock, I now get to actually choose the paths of my life. And so that element of, well, I'm hosting this gala and I'm at this gala rubbing shoulders with all these people because it's part of my job, I now have this switched 180 of I get to choose things like the Family Crisis Society and uh, and well I, I heard there's a 14 to 1 ratio of women to men at this Keanu Theater thing and so I got I got involved in in, 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 the, in the arts and so I've gotten to make decisions where originally it was all career oriented and, and I still say I know I get to do some pretty cool stuff in this town solely because of my job I know where that ends and I still have the uh, open-mindedness to make decisions about my personal life, where that career ends, in that free time to do these things, and I, I implore anybody, that anyone can do to, to exactly mm-hmm. to embrace that. Yes, I get to do some crazy stuff like Dancing with the Stars because I'm a radio guy, <laughs> but you can still go to Dancing with the Stars. You can still support all these wicked organizations here. You can get involved in theater. You can get involved in. Oh my God! Can I give the Tarzan Bettys a shout out? Like what an incredible organization actually, here in Fort yeah. McMurray, yeah. Yeah. and not only just a thing to do in Fort McMurray. But high-end, top-notch, high-quality roller derby yeah. right here in our own backyard like that. Women's roller derby. Who would have thunk it? Really? Like, seriously. Like, that's pretty simple. It's made a big proud. comeback. That's it's a huge comeback. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was working with a company in Montreal that we did their halftime show, the, the Montreal's team. We did their halftime show. And, like, these women are amazing. And, like, the same here. Like, same here, same in wherever. Calgary, Edmonton, like, mm-hmm. everywhere. These women are just, like, they're tough as freaking nails and like but just the most wonderful yeah, oh, yeah. it's so the great. thing about Fort McMurray is is like I cannot stand when people I if I hear anyone say I have nothing to do there's uh. nothing to do here uh, you know there's nothing entertaining to do here screw all that because there is so much entertaining here that you actually literally cannot see it all I've never no, seen Tarzan Betty's because I'm involved with Keanu Theatre or I didn't get to see uh, a couple of movies, you know, over the last few months because of what I'm doing. Or mm. certain people yeah. are are out doing, um, you know, singing or dancing in in some uh, production or recital or another, so they can't see certain plays or, right. or, or vice versa. There's always something to do here that's involved with the arts. The arts are very much alive in Fort McMurray. And and what you need to do is everyone needs to take responsibility and go out there and find what they enjoy. And luckily for us, you know, we have a comedy which most people are going to enjoy. You know, we're closing the season with... It with starts off with seeing one per- production that you yeah. absolutely love. I, and I every production love, has the ability to do that to exactly. someone. I would love all my friends and, and family to come see me in the show, but most of all which is my number one goal always, is I want someone new to come see this show. I want someone new to walk into the doors of Keanu Theatre mm-hmm. who have never been there before, and I want them to be amazed and, and purchase a season subscri- subscription and keep coming and keep... Yep. You know, keep supporting. I, you know, I keep saying, like, I met I, my, I have a friend um, who I met at the Patolan one night, and it was his first day in Fort McMurray, literally. And, 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 <laughs> and he, uh, and he's become one of my best friends. And I invited him to um, extremities to come to extremities with me. He, and then he told me he had never seen any theater before in his life. And I went, oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe I'm taking you to see extremities. Anyways, he, gotta start he loved extremities, like. For for what it was, you know what I mean. He loved it, and then he came and saw 
Calendar Girls. He came and saw Hometown. He's like, so where, when are my tickets for Bedtime Stories? Like, when <laughs> he's hooked. He's hooked. He probably will never get on stage. Um, he's just not that guy. But um, but he's hooked. But he's you hooked. Can just enjoy he it wants anyway. to see, and he like he tells you know he's telling his family back home that like he's he's going to see theater and he knows these and he said he said to me he's like it's amazing like I want to hang out with your friends I don't want to hang out with the guys I work with because your friends are so open minded and so, so like much fun. we have so much fun all the time and that's yeah. why I get all the time from people they're like your friends are so open minded and like chill and just have a good time all the time and like all the guys I work with like hate their lives and I'm like yeah well <laughs> they only do it to themselves we're not, always we said that but you know what? The show's set in the '80s, and that's the best thing about this show. The '80s the are best the best thing decade about ever. The '80s is the music. Mm. Everything about the '80s. I'm hoping there's a Tommy the Quick costumes. album. <laughs> Love in the graveyard. Well, actually, we should. What music do we have? What's that? What are, what are some of that's the a Tommy Quick album. Oh, oh my gosh, we got a little Def Leppard. We no. got a little bit of Friends and Lovers with oh. Gloria Loring. Nice. We got a little bit of uh, what else do we have there? Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, a little sister? bit of Ghost. Yes, yes, sister. Yeah, a little Ray Park Jr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we got a little bit of uh, Barry White. Yeah. We got a little bit of Barry White. Yeah. 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 You got to have Barry White in a bedtime. Exactly. Show. Oh yeah. Uh, check out the YMM uh, YouTube channel at uh, I guess YouTube.com slash YMM Podcast. Yes. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Woo. That's right. Email us, show at ymmpodcast.com, Twitter at ymmpodcast, facebook.com slash ymmpodcast, and... Uh, Shorts coming this week. We got lots of stuff happening. <clears throat> Subscribe and like to that YouTube channel. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. That was an awesome, awesome show. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you. for this thank episode you. of the YMM Podcast, I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. Macaulay. Misha. Steph Link. Mokes. See you next set. <laughs> YMM Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production. In association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Oh, fuck. <laughs>